episode of Speaking Literally, where the books speak for themselves. I'm Holly. And I'm Liz. And we're just going to jump right into a whole lot of bookish buzz. There's quite a lot of news going on um, that we've kind of uncovered in the last couple of weeks since our last episode. So first of all, Goodreads Choice Awards 2021 is about to um, commence. The initial information, I know, uh, this is an (laughs) annual award that they do every year. And there's multiple different categories, I believe. But the initial information is currently up on Goodreads right now. And you can always see the uh, 2020 uh, book winners. But you can see the information and the initial books that are up right now. You can look at them. Write-in nominations can be made during the first week of voting. So if there's a book that you like that you want to kind of write in a nomination for, you can do that the first week of voting, which starts at the end of the month. Now, this is open to any book published in the United States between November 17th, 2020 and November 17th, 2021. So it does, you can look at some of those books that were published at the end of 2020. Um, And it appears that the opening round of voting will begin at the end of October on about October 27th. So you have a couple weeks to kind of get into Goodreads um, while you're updating your challenges to kind of see what those initial uh, books are that are kind of making that that preview list. What else is going on? This one, I think if anything, I was just going to say about the Goodreads um, Awards, this is probably one of the most realistic um, sort of views of what is the best book according to the public because all the other kind of panels are all made up of specialist sort of judges and authors. So it's not really the public opinion that this is. So it's really good to see that it's become quite a, a big thing over the years and and that we actually get a better idea of what what the public like the most. I agree. And I even went through and I already kind of clicked on, like, added my little votes to the the list of books that are up there already. So it's it's kind of cool already mm-hmm. to see, like, how many books are, are being liked by, you know, our, you know, the book community. Oh, definitely. And I will definitely be voting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so in other news, um, in September, so last month, a first edition of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein sold for a whopping $1.17 million, which is about £856,000. Um, and this broke the auction record for a book written by a woman. Now, that is absolutely amazing. It's How, crazy. It's insane, isn't it? Absolutely insane. Yeah, like, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's a lot of money just to start with. But for a first edition of Mary Shelley's book, I mean, Frankenstein's a good book, don't get me wrong, but that's just crazy. And, but I think that there's probably a lot of other books that have sold, you know, first editions for more than that. And, you know, for them to even say when, you know, you look up this information that they make a big deal about the fact that it's a book written by a woman. So it's, it's good to see that, you know, again, that women authors, you know, you know, are making their move hopefully and are going to, yeah. I mean, when we get into like our, our meat of our show today, a lot of our books that we're going to be talking about, sorry (laughs) to say a lot of them are written by women. So, (laughs) so there you have it. Definitely. Um, All right. In other news, um, if you are a fan of Crescent City, um, you are going to be super excited because book two called House of Sky and Breath is set to be released in February on the 15th next year. So just a couple months away. we got about four or five months and then book two will be out and in your hands. 
I haven't read that one yet. Have you? I have not. It's, it's been. Yeah, I haven't. It's on my to be read list, and I I see <laughs> that it's very popular among a lot of people. So, um, I need to get to it. Yeah, I've got so many in, in, by the authors that haven't read those, so it's going to take me a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so in other news, I've Richard Oseman's second book, The Man Who Died Twice. Um, as this is amazing, I was completely shocked by this, and I've read it in the news as well. Um, it's become one of the fastest-selling books since records began. So since they started tracking this information, um, it sold one hundred fourteen thousand four hundred and four copies in the first three days it was released. That that's is just that's outstanding. crazy. But here's my like I don't the one thing I don't understand, and maybe it's I don't understand math and how things are tracked. But if it's one of the fastest-selling books. With that many copies, why is it not like listed on the New York Times bestseller list for the week? Because isn't that based on number of copies sold? That is true. Is it not? Is it not on the Mm-mm. on the charts? Nope. When did it? It came out quite recently, didn't it? Oh, it came out about a week ago. Okay, so maybe it'll be next week that it'll be on the list. Yeah, maybe we'll see it number one in the, in the one. But I guess is this worldwide? Or is this just America? I believe it was worldwide, wasn't it? I believe so. Uh, yeah. That's a good question. We'll have to do some the... research before our next episode. <laughs> so I, can... saw the news, I, I saw the news on an on English site as well, um, on a UK site. So if you're an American site, it must be worldwide. Uh, yeah, it's got to be yeah. worldwide. Oh, my God. Congratulations, Richard. Jeez. Yeah, I know. That's that such a big achievement. I haven't read the first one either. I need to, re- I need to read that. That's meant to be really good. I have so many books on my to-be-read list. I don't know how I'm ever going to get through them all. How but <laughs> exactly. Um, so another uh, kudos and congratulations out to Australian author Laura Jean McKay. She won the Arthur C. Clarke Award, which is a prestigious science fiction award for her book, The Animals in That Country. So awesome job for that. But here's a fun fact about that. The Animals in That Country is the same title of a poem written by Margaret Atwood. And I'm sure you've heard of Ma- Margaret Atwood. She's the author of the, the Handmaid's Tale. But she, Margaret Atwood, won the very first Author C. Clark Award um, for The Handmaid's Tale. So it's interesting. They both won the same award and Margaret had a poem. Yeah, with the same <laughs> title. So that I thought that was kind of cool. So... You know, congratulations to Laura Jean McKay, and I guess congratulations for Margaret Atwood for winning the first of those awards. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> setting the standard. I'm setting the setting the bar high. Exactly. Margaret Atwood being the first winner. Mm-hmm. Big boots to fill there. Exactly. Okay, so let's move on to the next section um, where we will be talking about book to movie adaptations. Um, now, a lot of these are coming out in the next few months, and some we've um, kind of heard about in the news uh, recently or, or in kind of recent past. So first off, the one that I'm actually really quite excited about is this month, so October 21st, um, to the theatres is going to be June, which is the Frank Herbert novel. Um, now, we were actually just talking about this before we went live, and the casting is just superb for this. It's I can't wait. Amazing it's it's oh, going to be fantastic. I, oh, the cast looks great. The action looks great. You know, everything about this movie looks great. Oh, it really does. And 
I kind of feel like I need to read the book first, but at the same time, I really just want to go and see the film because it's such a big book. I know because then I'm worried, like if you know, because it's it's a series, so I'm worried that I'm gonna mm. like then need to read the entire series, and uh, yeah, but I, but I do know that the series, the book series, is a very popular series. I see it, yeah, I see definitely. it a lot. Um, so that's exciting. I'm gonna, I definitely have that. Um, oh. And I, yeah, and I think my kids want to see it too, so I have an excuse now to read it before mm. I, um, or to watch it before I read the books. I'm doing it. I'm doing it for the, the needs of my children. Um, another book that, or another movie that's coming out, um, is Kristen Hanna's The Nightingale, and I know that a lot of people really, really enjoy that book by her. Um, mm. That's that's coming out around the holidays. It's due to be released in theaters on um, December 21st. And it's it's starring Dakota and Elle Fanning. So Dakota Fanning, a lot of people know, and she's she's been in a lot of of, of movies. Um, but she and her sister are going to be playing sisters uh, in the Nightingale. So that's that's kind of cool casting. Yeah, I mean Dakota hasn't been around for a long time, like mm-hmm. not since Twilight, really. Her, right, her career did kind of take a big dip after Twilight. Mm-hmm. So it's it's exciting to see her work in a new project and with her sister as well. Exactly. That's really, Look forward to it. I haven't read the book, but again, it's always been one that I've kind of I've been curious about, but I yeah, just haven't got around to it. Mm-hmm. I'm the same. I haven't um, read it yet. <laughs> so the next um, book to movie adaptation is actually one by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So um, we've spoken about her quite a few times. Um, we uh, I read the Daisy Jones and the Six, and Holly read the Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hugo. Am I right? Um, the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of seven husbands in there. <laughs> exactly. In there, so you've got to keep track. Um, yep. But yeah, so this one is her adaptation of um, her book, One True Loves. Um, and that's scheduled for a 2022 release. So you've got a little bit longer to wait for this one. Um, there's no exact date set as of yet. Um But yeah, that's really exciting. I mean, Taylor Jenkins Reid is a, a very good writer. So um Another author I really want to read a bit more of, especially her new one, um, Malibu Rising. I've mm-hmm. heard a lot of good, good things about. I agree. And I'm also hoping that if this one is successful in the box office, that it might lead to adaptations for some of her other books. Because um, oh, I would be I, I would love to see a movie adaptation of The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Um, I think that would be fantastic. And I haven't read the Daisy Jones and the Six. It's on my, again, another book on my to-be-read to list. So, uh, but hopefully this gives me some time to to read them. And I, I haven't yeah. read this one, but I've liked the, the other ones I've read. So maybe I'll try to read this one before the movie comes out. <laughs> now here, the next one is some kind of late breaking news. The book Red, White, and Royal Blue, which has been a pretty a pretty popular book within the last year. They just announced on Friday, October 1st, that they have secured a director uh, for the movie adaptation. Um, now, there's there's no confirmed release date yet. It's still just listed as in production. Obviously, they just got a director, so they haven't been able to start filming it yet. But the it, but the adaptation is going to be directed by Matthew Lopez, who was the first um, let the Latin playwright to win a Tony for best play. Um, so he's coming in with some pretty good um, experience and background and a good take on um, just being a playwright and adaptation. So I'm really excited to see what he does with this. 
Yeah, again, it's it's there's on my TBR, but I haven't read it yet. But I've heard so many good things about this book, and I believe you have you read it. I have not read it, but I, I but like <laughs> you, I've heard so many good things about it. Yeah. Um. So, I it's it's I think it's going to be a really good movie. Definitely, we've got plenty of time to to read it. Today, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll monitor release dates so we can make sure the book gets read. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so the final book to, oh, in this case, book to TV adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was released back in March, but it hasn't been kind of widely spread news. Um, but Hulu has announced that they will be adapting Akatar series, so a Court of Thorns and Roses series um, by Sarah J. Mass into a TV series. So that's really exciting. And it's going to be one of the co-creators is actually the um one of the creators of Outlander, um, which is another very good TV series I was just talking to Holly about mm-hmm. um, because of a certain main actor. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they can get that actor to star in this too. <laughs> oh, uh, as as Rice Sand, yes, please. Oh. <laughs> and I think... You can bulk out a bit. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be one of the most popular. Out of all of the other ones that we've mentioned, I think this one might be the one that has the biggest you know, fan base kind of behind oh, yeah. so many people Definitely. have read and have loved the series. Now I know we both have read this series out of the, out of the list. This is the one that, I, that we have actually read. Um, and, I, I've read off. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know, I'm ex- I'm excited about it. Now I can say that I haven't read the newest one in the series, the um, Accord of Silver mm-hmm. Flames. I have it. Um, but it, you know, whenever you have the adaptations, you know, you have to cut things out of the books. And yeah. so I'm, I'm eager to see, like, I, I enjoyed the series, but I'm eager to see if I like the TV sh- series more because they're going to get rid of some of the fluff that kind of, I felt weighed the yeah. series down. I think the good thing about TV series is it means that they don't have to take out as much they would have to for a film. So mm-hmm. it gives them a chance to really develop the characters, develop mm-hmm. the the setting. So you can just add in so much more to a TV series. Yeah. Um, so that's quite exciting that they're doing that rather than a film. Um, yeah, I've only read the first two in Avatar, but I, I'm enjoying them. I've just got so many series I'm trying to get through. <laughs> so we'll get to that one again soon. Well, at least you've read the first two. So <laughs> you, you know what's going on. Exactly. <laughs> the uh, so the last little thing is just you know where our books are on the bestseller list. Like what are people reading? Um, we mentioned in our last episode about where the Crawdads Sing and Midnight Library were some of the books that were on the list the longest. They are still hanging in there even three weeks, four weeks later since our September episode. So you still have where the Crawdads Sing sitting at 147 weeks. And obviously I had my, my lesson last time on the difference between weeks and days in a year. So I am confident now in saying that we're now pushing about three years for where the crawdads sing to be on this list, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, um, just crazy. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy that it's been that high up for, for almost three years. But at the same time, it was brilliant writing, absolutely stunning writing. And it's obviously being helped right now because of all the news coming out about the, the film, which Again, I'm also really excited for, mm-hmm. um, especially obviously from last last month's announcement that it would be um, Daisy Ridley. 
So that's yeah, really good. That's exciting. And then Midnight Library is also still on. It's sitting at 43 weeks, so it's approaching yeah. a year on the list. So that's kind of cool. Um, now, they're still on the list, but they have dropped out of the top 10. They remain in the top 20, but they've dropped down a little bit because we've had some um, um, – some other new releases that have kind of jumped into the top 10. So um, what what came in this week at, at number eight, Liz? Oh, it was um, Under the Whispering Door, the new TJ Klune book, um, which I read a few weeks ago now and absolutely brilliant. I haven't read the, the first one, but the, yeah, this one was just beautiful writing, um, really well, well done. So I'm really happy that it's gone in so high. Although I was kind of expecting a little bit higher, but I guess we'll, we'll see. Yeah, maybe. It'll, I mean, it's, it's the first week out, so let's see. It might move yeah. up. Um, I'm exactly. super excited to read this one. I, I have read The House on the Cerulean Sea. Um, thought it was amazing. I loved it so much. That was my birthday gift I sent to you <laughs> for, your, for your birthday because yeah, I'm, I'm like, Liz, read this book, Liz. <laughs> Here, I'll even give it to you. Um, so I loved it so, so much. One of my favorite reads so far of this year. Um, so I'm so excited to read Under a Whispering Door. And, and I, I, I want to read so many books so badly that I feel like I need to be reading 10 books at once right now. And I can, I'm trying to get through. I have three books going right now. So I'm already a little overwhelmed. Um, yeah, I feel like I need like a whole year of work just to read yeah, exactly. Like I need to take a, a sabbatical from my job and just be like, I'm sorry, I can't work for the next year. I just need to catch up on my reading. Um, and then our number one book that's been on our a New York Times bestseller list now for its second week in a row is The Apples Never Fall by Lane um, Mor- uh, Mor- Morty. Holt. I, I'm really bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm really bad pronouncing Mariotti. names. So my apologies. Um, if it's so not she's, something. She's had a lot of, of mainstream books. She's had a lot of um, books mm-hmm. be a success. Um, and I think something about Something Strangers came out, which was her. Yes, it um, was. TV series with, was it Nicole Kidman? Um, I believe so. Yeah. Actors. Yeah. Cause that was, was that Netflix so, or Hulu? The Nine Perfect Strangers. I want to say, wasn't that Prime? Wasn't that Amazon? Oh, it was Amazon. Okay. It might have been. Um, there's so many streaming series out, like stations yeah, out. Strangers. Uh, yeah, Nicole Kidman and Tamara Weaving. So, yeah, and I, I haven't seen that yet. It does sound really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely one that I want to read. But, yeah, all her books seem to do really well. So, yeah. again, I'm not surprised that that's gone into number one. Yep, so we'll see. We'll see how next week goes because it's been here now for number one for the last um, two weeks. So it's pretty yeah. popular. And like you said, she's, she, you know, has other popular books that are out. She, you know, the, the, adapt, the adapted uh, TV series. So she has more popularity, I think. So then, you know, when yeah. you have TJ Klune, um, he'll, he'll move up. He'll move up as, as the books are, are going. Yeah. As, as you say, she's going to be constantly in the press. So mm-hmm. everyone knows when one of her books comes out. So hopefully we'll see TJ Klune climbing up those up these ranks in the next few weeks yep so all right well that is a massive bookish buzz and book news for the week so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with what you're what you're reading in just a second all right what liz have you been reading for the month of September, talk to me. What have you read? 
Yeah, so I had quite a, quite a big reading month this month. I read in total 10 books. Um, so it's a pretty big one. Yeah, I didn't have a life. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there are quite a few serious ones. I'm not going to talk about those. We'll leave those for the, the main part of our show. Um, but the ones I will not mention, uh, first of all, obviously one of the big ones that me and Holly both read together as Buddy Reed, um, C.T. Ortega's new book, One Will Die, which I really enjoyed. I thought it was, again, superb writing, really good character development. Um, it's about these two boys. Um, we've got Vin and Panel, uh, and they each come from different communities, but they don't belong in those communities. They kind of, the thing that they're missing is what the other one has got. Um, it's all about kind of how they react to events and how they, um, how they kind of go through life. So, I mean, what did you think of, of the, um, of the book, Holly? I absolutely love it. Um, you know, in CT Ortega, is a newer indie author. This is his third book in a very short period of time. And he's so devoted to writing and getting his stories mm. out there. And, uh, you know, he has his Warfare of the Gods series, which is where his other two books are. And this is a, a, a different piece of that. But I like that there was still some connection. It's still kind of the same world yeah. um, that the Warfare of the Gods takes place in, just a different focus. But like you said, between the two boys um, and just what they have to overcome and what they go through and really it's in in some ways very much a coming of age type book where they have to accept and realize who they are and what they want out of life and you know no spoilers but the title kind (laughs) of gives away what's going to happen um and 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 it's you know you go into it knowing what's going to happen but you just don't know who so as the characters are developing and you're beginning to like you know grow fond of them and you know Mm -hmm. connect with them it's it's tough because you know the end the end is very very powerful but it approaches so many powerful themes of like effects of war and family and just it's really powerful and you know i think that as an author, C.T.K. Ortega is um, is just getting better. Like the more he writes, you know, yeah. he's refining his style. Um, it's Definitely. yeah, it's just it was it was so good. It was it wasn't a very long book, so it was a quick read. Um, but it was it was a powerful read. He definitely um, packed a punch into a, a shorter book. No, definitely, I agree with you. I mean. He reminds me of kind of Lee Bardugo in the sense that as each book went along, you could feel the writing mature and you could feel that that Lee Bardugo was really kind of getting into the Grisha verse novels and really kind of perfecting her technique. And it feels like that was Mr. Ortega. And a little sneak peek for you guys that we are going to be reviewing the next book. Um, He's approached us. So it's the next one is, uh, very similar to One Will Die, so it's still along the same lines. Uh, this one is going to be called One Must Die. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, no spoilers, but you know what's going to happen. Yep. And I believe that <laughs> one um, is a uh, has an it is basically an Egyptian. Yeah, oh, that's exciting. So, um, so we'll, I think we're reading that by mid October. Mm-hmm. Um, that comes out right at the beginning of November, so that'll be um, very exciting to kind of to see what that one's like. Yep, I love it. I can't wait. Um, 
so that one came out uh yes well yesterday when we're recording but it came out last week for when it drops um, yep. the first of october although he did kind of sneakily drop it into amazon unlimited like about a week ago yeah i, I noticed that <laughs> i was like i i missed him going was it meant to come out now and he's like yeah i just i just thought i'd get out early like ah oh, <clears throat> all our deadlines to, to review it by first october and he just was released it early i know what's he thinking (laughs) um the second two were both up so um the first one was actually a physically physical copy which i got sent um called the ice coven uh by max sieg now this was really interesting it was a psychological thriller kind of murder mystery but Mm. it was set in finland so it was nice change from the usual britain or america Mm -hmm. um so you had the kind of coldness and the winter um, which really added to the whole atmosphere and all the tension. Uh, I really enjoyed this one. It was really good. Um, it's kind of about kind of cults and um, his father died and then he had to come, he had to go up to look after, well, to look after the house and sort out all the, all the estates. And he ha- wanted to find out more about what happened with his father's death. Why did he die? So it was really, really interesting. I um, really enjoyed that. Awesome. Um, and, the third one was another arc. Um, this one was The Case of the Missing Firefly by Chris McDonald. Now, this was just a little, um, very short novel. It was just a novella. It was just a nice little cosy murder mystery. So it was really good. It was based uh, on an island, just <coughs> off Ireland. And mm. it was about these two, like, techie, young geeks, basically, guys. Um, he went on this murder mystery trip because they were getting paid £100 to put and um, a projector up so they thought oh nice easy money um but then they uh somebody ends up being murdered and they have to go and investigate um which is actually this is number four in the series which i didn't realize until afterwards but <laughs> it still works perfectly well as a standalone um but no, that was really good it was a nice little kind of quick cozy little murder mystery for the autumn Hmm, I wonder, it's a small oh. island off the coast of Ireland. I wonder if it's the same, same setting as, um, uh, The Guest List by Lisa Foley. Hers, that book took place on a little island off the coast oh, of Ireland yeah. too, yeah. Oh, yep. I, I need to read that book. I haven't read that one. That's, That's a good I'm one too. Yep. <laughs> um, as I say, all the rest, well, like a lot of them were series books, which we'll be talking about shortly. But Holly, what have you been reading this past month? Well, obviously, we buddy read the One Will Die by C.T. Ortega. Um, and then the, I, I didn't have quite as good of a, a month as you, but I had a great month for me. Typically, I'm only able to get through maybe three to four books a month. Um, unfortunately, my life is super busy, um, uh, cause I have two, two teenagers who don't drive yet and expect me to chauffeur them everywhere. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, but I got five books in this month so that was i know it was really really exciting for me um five and a half yeah well technically you know (laughs) i have i'm about halfway through two books right now so two half so technically six books then i can put them together (laughs) Uh, they'd be really weird if i put those two books together um because we'll talk about what we're reading in a second (laughs) and you'll see why the two books i'm currently reading would not go together uh but anyways i read um Lore by Alexandra Bracken. It's um, it's kind of like a, a take on mythology, on like mm-hmm. ancient Greek mythology set in modern day 21st century New York City. It's 
a really, really cool concept um, about like every seven years they have this event that takes place for seven days where uh, members of the bloodline of these you know, ancient mythological families who, are, you know, are still living They're They're normal people like us, but they just kind of have descended from the bloodlines of these, these gods have the ability mm. to hunt the, the gods. So, um, so the okay. gods for these seven days kind of take mortal form and it becomes this kind of chase around New York city and Manhattan, these hunters trying to kill the gods, because <laughs> if a hunter you know, because they have the bloodline, are able to kill one of the gods, then obviously the god dies, but they, the hunter then absorbs the god's power and in essence becomes that god reborn. Um, but, oh. n- but now that person has a target on their back because now they're a god. Um, <laughs> but it was really cool because it's about a girl, her name is Lore, and she, has tried to hide like she's she wants to remove herself from this like she comes from a bloodline but she doesn't want to be part of it anymore and she's dragged back into it for some certain circumstances um it was a really good book i did struggle a little bit with really connecting with the the characters so Mm. um and characters are a big thing for me when i read um and so the fact that i didn't connect as well as I normally want to still made, yeah. still made the book good, but it just, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly what I was hoping it to be in the end, but I would still recommend it. It's okay. a good book, especially if you like mythology. It's really cool. Yeah. I've got that one on my bookshelf. had it for a little while. So another one that I need to get to at some point. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely worth the read. And it, it didn't take me very mm. long because it was another one. It's kind of long, but it was another one that didn't have a lot of just unnecessary fluff. There was, there was a couple points where I'm like, "Mm," um, but it moved, it moved beyond it pretty quickly. So it wasn't an issue, Um, but there's definitely a lot going on in it. Um, But then the other book, probably my favorite read of the month is the first book of a series. um, The inheritance games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Um, oh, so good, so good. And the sequel, The Hawthorne Legacy, just came out um, in October, or sorry, in September. I think it actually came out right after our last episode dropped. Yeah, that you mentioned in the last podcast. Yeah. That did sound really interesting. It's That's so, definitely one that I would quite like to look into. Yeah, it's so good. And as, it, like, I know we talked about it because I was in the middle of reading it for our last episode. But now that I'm done with it, like, if if you like puzzles like it's yeah it's a mystery because you're trying to figure out why she has this inheritance and from somebody she doesn't know but it's a puzzle it's it's kind of like a young adult modernized da vinci code where there's like clues everywhere and you're trying to put the pieces together and there's all (laughs) these other people that are involved you're trying to figure out like do they have good intentions are they you know not so good intentions it's just and you just you just get hooked and it's just so fast-paced and it's so good nice yeah all right so that is what we've been reading this past month. But the question is, what are we currently reading? So, <laughs> Holly, you can go first. What are you currently reading this month? So currently, you and I, I don't know if you're aware of this, Liz, but you and I are actually doing a buddy read right now of Serpent and Dove. And Serpent and Dove. I can't talk this morning. Serpent and Dove. And 
this is both, I think, been on our to be read list for quite some time. Yeah. And, um, you know, we knew we were going to be talking about series today, and this is obviously the first book of a series. And we're like, well, we wouldn't, we we didn't finish it. We haven't finished it yet, everybody. Um, I will say, Liz, you're further ahead than I am, <laughs> um, but I am past the halfway mark, and it's it's really really good. Like oh, now, it's so good. yeah, like where I couldn't connect with the characters and lore, I. I love these characters. Now, Liz, if yes. you remember when we first started reading, I did express my concern about um, our main character because I, Me. yeah, Lou, because I was worried that she was just going to be another stereotypical um, yeah. young adult fantasy character who was just like all the other ones. And I'm like, I he just, really yeah. And, and so at the beginning, I thought, yeah, yeah. We, thought, we, we thought exactly the same thing, that you're just going to be your stereotypical, arrogant, kind of badass woman. But no, she is so much more. She's so complex. It's, mm-hmm. All the characters have multiple layers. It's just such a refreshing change to find how so many kind of depths to the characters. Um, and we both know that Reed is hiding something. Oh, yeah. Reed is hiding something. The Archbishop, I think, is going to become like the next Darkling or Voldemort. Um, Like, I just think there's something more like the Darkling because Voldemort, we all knew from the beginning, was bad. But the Darkling was kind of like the we didn't really know at the beginning he was going to be bad. Sorry if you're reading Shadow and Bone for the first time. Um, But I, 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 yeah, I think the Archbishop is not a good good person yeah no he's he's one of those characters which i haven't liked from the start mm-hmm. and i still hate him <laughs> yeah uh yeah i mean i've grown to like lee i've grown i've definitely grown to like lee a lot better mm-hmm. um reed i'm warming to i'm warming to a lot i think the issue uh, with reed still right now where i am is he still has this um this barrier around him he has this facade in front of yeah. him where i just feel like we like we just need to knock the wall down so we can actually see who he truly is and i get it i know i'm trying i'm trying but um <laughs> because i think like once that wall comes down then it'll be much easier yeah. to connect with him because he you know he's just putting off this this aura of don't get close to me. You know, I I'm in this position. I'm a witch hunter and this is my destiny and I I'm not going to deviate from the path that I've been put on. And he's Mm. like hiding who he is. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that wall to come down. (laughs) (laughs) That was a a very mischievous laugh there, Liz. Um, What else are you reading? (laughs) So, okay. So I'm reading that one. So I'm about halfway done. The other book is a Dean Koontz book. So if you know anything about Dean Koontz, you could probably understand why it would be really weird for me to put the Serpent and Dove and Dean Koontz together in the same book and to count it as one. I think that'd be quite fun. It I'd could be. Like a little quirky novel. Yeah. I do like Dean Koontz. He's, so, oh, he's such a good writer. And so my thought was, I don't read a lot of like thriller horror books, but it's now October. And I really wanted to focus on reading some spooky reads. So I'm not going to talk a lot about this book right now because I want to save talking about it for our Halloween special at the end of the month. Um, but it's, uh, it is Dark Fall by Dean Koontz. And it's, um, I will say that the opening scene was 
terrifying. I think it is every, you know, childhood fear um, come to life. And um, it's just, it, you know, I, I don't, I don't know the kind of books I like. I like kind of creepy, you know, paranormal kind of books. Like monsters don't really scare me. Like Jason and Friday the 13th, that doesn't really scare me. Like I want to be like scared with things that you can't see coming, you can't control, that you don't know when it's going to come out and it, there's like some other force behind it. That stuff scares me. Um, so I'm not, this book isn't really scary, but it's, it's creepy and that's what I'm liking about it. Um, but that's all I'll say for the time being. So you'll have to come back to our next episode to, to hear more about <laughs> it. And then I am reading, a, uh, an arc that I'll also, it's, it's a, it's a witchy, it's a, it's about witches. So I'm going to save talking about that until our, our Halloween special as well. So it's, it's a really fun, kind of more laid back, humorous not serious, um, more yeah. like a hocus pocus okay. feel to it, but it's fun. What are you reading? <laughs> uh, so, as you guys already know, I'm reading Serpent and Dove. Um, <laughs> that I'm almost to the end. I was, I've got to the point of saying, Holly, I've got to a point where you just can't stop reading it. It gets so just, ah, oh, I can't say anything, but <laughs> yeah, it gets so, so exciting. <clears throat> Um, when you get to a certain point, and I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to finish it today because I don't want to stop reading it. <laughs> um, other than that, I've been so hooked on this one. I haven't really been reading any arcs. However, um, I have started an audiobook uh, yesterday, and it is A Sandman Act One um, by Neil Gaiman. Now, I've read a few of his uh, his graphic novels to go with this. I think I've read the first three so far. Mm. Um and I thought that it's got a brilliant cast, so I really wanted to, to have a listen. It's got James McAvoy, Kat Dennings, um, Taryn Egerton. It's got Andy Circus, Michael Sheen. So it's got some really big names yeah. um, who are, are voicing it. So, <clears throat> so I thought I'd give it a go. It, it, I've only just started it, um, but no, so far it's really good. Um, as I said, I know the story already. It's um, a DC, um, kind of it's DC's creation. Um, written by Neil Gaiman and it's also coming out as a TV series um, hopefully this year we haven't got a, a date yet for it on Netflix hmm. um, if you haven't seen it I've already told Holly to do this check out the the trailer on YouTube because it just looks amazing and yeah. the story itself is really really good it's got kind of Lucifer in it it's got a character who you might know um, Constantine oh. and there's a mm-hmm. yep he's in it um, so it's about the Prince of Dreams so it is very, it's dark, but it is, it is good. That sounds So amazing. yeah, that's all I'm reading at the moment. Um, but obviously as soon as I'm finished with this, I will be getting on with my, my horror, horror and thriller books for the month. That's um, right. So, yeah. <laughs> so well, talking of, oh, I was just going to say, speaking of the books that we're reading and have read and our never ending, always growing list of to be read books, there's, there's four books that are coming out in the next two weeks, which is just going to make our list longer. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree there. So the first one is The Gilded Cage by Lynette Noni. Um, now, we've, this is the second in the series. Um, mm-hmm. The first one is called The Prison Healer, which both myself and Holly have on our shelves. Um, 
still haven't read it yet. No, nope. we have said that one day we will do a buddy read of it. We will get round to it. <laughs> we will. Uh, we we will one day. November. Maybe November. Maybe. Um, <laughs> But that comes out in the UK. It comes out October 7th, so only a few days after this um, episode drops. Mm -hmm. And America, you've got to wait a little bit longer. Um, It comes out on October 12th. Yeah, that's going to be super exciting. Um, And and speaking of that, all four of the books that we're talking about are parts of a series. Huh, look at that. Um, (laughs) The second book that's coming out is Aristotle and Dante Dive into the Waters of the World. Um, so this Aristotle and Dante series has been pretty popular recently. So the next book mm. is coming out and I haven't, this is another one I haven't, I haven't read. I see it all the time and I look at it yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta read this one. And, um, and I just, I just haven't gotten to it yet. But this also hit stores in both, um, the UK and the US on October 12th. Yeah, I, I haven't read that one, the first one either. And, it's another one I haven't actually bought it yet, but that one just sounds so good. There's so many people saying really good reviews. Uh-huh. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. Now, second, or well, the next one um, that's coming out, this is a second in the series, um, and it is called Kingdom of the Cursed. Um, and the first one was Kingdom of the Wicked, I believe. Yep. Um, I haven't read it <laughs> again. <laughs> nope, me neither. <laughs> I really want to get. Oh, this one is one I'm going to probably get seeing the first, well, the first one of it because on Waterstones website, which is a British um, bookseller, they have a beautiful copy. It's a um, paperback and has pink sprayed edges. Oh, oh it just looks amazing. I think I feel like I have to get it. So, Do they ship <laughs> internationally? Because I would love that copy. <laughs> you know what? I'm sure they do because um, Sienna gets um, Waterstones books delivered to Canada. So oh, well, there you go. Canada, then they're sure to do America. Sure. I'll They've also got a really nice edition of the new one as well, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that comes out. Um, that comes out both in the UK and the US again on October 5th. So the day after this episode drops. Oh, so go to the store and buy it tomorrow. <laughs> For <Exactly>. sure. <laughs> and then Sorry, read it. No, it. <laughs> I, we will read it vicariously through everybody else until we get to it ourselves. <laughs> yeah. All right, the last one that we kind of picked up on uh, that's being released in the next couple weeks is a new series by Jennifer Armentrout. And if you don't know who Jennifer Armentrout is, then you obviously haven't read from Blood and Ash, and I don't know then what you were waiting for. Um, But this is a book that's going to be called A Shadow in the Ember. It is Flesh and Fire book number one. So she is releasing another um, series. So it's going to be exciting to see where the series takes us. I mean, we're already mm-hmm. anticipating book four of From Blood and Ash coming out in uh, the spring. So Jennifer Armentrout, man, she's uh, she's making a name for herself yeah. right now. <laughs> for and sure. the good news is, because it's the first in a series, we don't have to feel guilty about not having read a previous one. Because exactly. there's it's one. <laughs> That's right. There is no other one to read yet. So, <laughs> which just means like in, in, you know, in a couple months when we're having a conversation, we'll be like, I feel so bad. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> and when does that come out? Uh, it comes out on October 19th in both the UK and the US. So nice and not long to go. No, but middle of yeah, the month. A big, a big month for the series. Yeah. Um, a bad month for people's bank balances. 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, but we're getting up, we're approaching the holiday season, so lots of books can be true. put on some uh, wish lists this year. <laughs> For sure. All right, so we're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to get into just talking about everything series. So give us just a second. All right, and we're back. So the last couple of weeks, we've had the pleasure of welcoming in some authors for this segment of our show. Um, this week, we are going to kind of talk a little bit about series and just the fact that there are so many series out there and people love them. But what is it, Liz, that makes you like series in the first place? I mean, you know, you have some people who are team standalone books and don't really like series. And then you have people who would much rather read series forever than a standalone book. So what is it about a series that attracts you to them? I think it's if the writing is really good, you want to you don't want to see it end after one book. You just want to find out more about the characters, about what happens to them. Like, for example, um, obviously, we'll talk about some of them, but um, like We Shall Burst with the massive open world. If that had just been one book, it wouldn't have done so as well. It, you wouldn't have time to develop the characters to to learn more about them. So by having a series, it just opens up such a so much of a bigger world for us to, to dive into. Um, I guess that's kind of my, especially for fantasy, that's that's my kind of reason for, for loving um, series so much. And I, I, I agree with you because it's, you have so much time and page space with the series that you mm. can fully develop a whole world and you don't have to like give away everything about a character um, in the first exactly. like couple chapters. Like you, you can do twists and you can, save secrets and just really make a world that you can escape in. And like you said, I think I agree. And I think that's, you see it so much in the fantasy series. And I would go so far as to say, even in the sci-fi series, like it, again, those yeah. type of um, futuristic or space worlds and environments, you know, can really be developed and, and really, you know, created. And it just, I love always being able to go back um, and escape the real world into into these <laughs> these fictitious worlds. And I, you know, I think about like when the Harry Potter series ended, and everyone's like, oh, "What do we do now?" It's like because it just becomes so so much part of you know of us. Like we absorb it. Yeah, I think, I think that's the only downside to series that you become so attached to the characters when you know it's the last book. Yeah. You just, uh, so much sadder than you would be on just a standalone novel because you've grown with these characters. You've kind of, you've read along with the characters and learned more about them for so long. Like Harry Potter, what we were reading them for 10 years. Oh, yeah. So, so that was like 10 years of our, of our childhood. <laughs> exactly. And came to an end, it was like, I know. Oh my gosh. What are we going to do now? But then thankfully with Harry Potter, at least it stretched out a little bit because we then had the movies. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I do enjoy a good standalone as long as it has closure. And I think that's the big piece between mm -hmm. the difference of a, of a, of a book that's part of a series and a standalone is with a series, you don't have necessarily closure at the end of a book. Uh, you might come to a good breaking point or, or there might be a cliffhanger, um, but with standalones, it's 
there's there's that closure it's over it's done with okay no more and i almost think it's it's almost easier to move on and forget about a standalone book because like yeah. like we just talked about harry potter like harry potter hasn't you know that series has been done for years now and we're still like harry potter's over <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah um so i'm assuming then that you were reading series even as a kid Oh, definitely. I mean, um, some of my favorite series, one of the main ones was Animal Ark, um, which was, as you can probably guess from title, stories about animals. I was a massive animal person as a kid. Um, so they did things like puppies in the pantry and kittens in the kitchen. Um, It's just really cute little series. Um, and another one, um, is uh, this was more kind of when I was in my teenage years, um, Confessions of George and Nicholson which you may know because the first one was Angus Stones and Full Frontal Snogging, which uh, was made into a film. Oh. It was just like your typical kind of teenage kind of yeah. coming of age and sexual tension and all that. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just a little, nice little fun one. Um, the next one is also one that I that I know that you share as well. Mm-hmm. So um, which, what were your favorite series as, as a kid? Um, so mine, one of mine, like the, the, one of the first series I really remember getting into was like when I was in middle school and it was the babysitters club, um, like the original babysitters club, like they are kind of re-releasing them now, but they're, they're almost like the comic book books. So they almost look more like, um, manga than, um, than the, the original, um, like chapters. So I love the babysitters club, uh, had them all one of my very first series I got into. And then right around the same time, a little bit later, um, is the one that we share and it's Sweet Valley High. Now they also, I also read Sweet Valley Twins, which is the, the younger version of it. So the Sweet Valley Twins and then the, and then of course Sweet Valley High, but I just, you know, I loved, yeah, you know, and I think, you know, if you do research (laughs) and studies on it, you see, like, especially when it comes to, like, young adult and kids books, kids and young adults, like teenagers, I should say, tend to like to read about kids that are about two years older than them. So, like, you know, when I was in middle school, you know, is is really when I started reading Sweet Valley High because, you know, there are the high school kids. It's what you're looking forward to when you're in the middle yeah. grades and you're just like, oh, I can't wait to be older and in high school. And, you know, they just seem so cool and they can drive and date. And so, um, so I think that there's, it was just, it was, it was, I don't know really what to say. It's just, it was just such a great book. Like it just, it, you know, oh, for, it was something comforting and yeah. like it was just a, a nice fun read. Yeah. And it's funny, like when you talked about Animal Arc, it made me think about a series that my daughter read when she was probably like in second, second grade, but it's called the Critters Club. And when you're like talking about puppies in the pantry, it was, it's the exact same kind of thing. Every (laughs) book focuses on a different type of animal and it's the same kind of like little adventure. And I'm just like, oh, those, she loved those books. So, um, but do you think about it? Like, you know, at series as kids, I don't think it changes. Like we were interested in animals when we were young kids are still interested in animals you know we read sweet valley high because we were fascinated by the older teenagers when we were young teenagers it's no different now the storylines and things that are included like with technology has changed but at the end of the day that's we're still looking for the same things i think out of books that we did when we were kids yeah definitely completely agree 
Um, so let's go into the main discussion on series. Um, when I make it easier, we're going to break it down by genre. Okay. Um, so the first one is fantasy. And now, obviously, there are so many fantasy series out there. Um, so it was difficult to, to kind of pick pick a few, but we did narrow it down to just a few options. Um, now, the first one is Akatar. Um, we have discussed this before, so we both kind of have slightly different opinions. <laughs> we um, do. I think we, it's all good having different opinions. Absolutely. Um, so, as I said, I read the first two, and um, I I really enjoyed them, actually. I felt that the second one was better than the first. I felt the second one, you started relating to the characters a little bit more, and just felt like you got a bit more in-depth. Um but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this series. Um, how about you, Holly? So I've read the first three. Um, I read them this past spring. I, I liked them. I did not love them. Um, I, I agree with you. I definitely think that book two was better. I think there was more opportunity because the, the setting had been had been created. Uh, the the conflict had been established. We we knew more of what was going on, and things could just start from the beginning of book two with action. Um, my my biggest thing, and I kind of hint at it all the time, is I just felt that there was just too much fluff narration that. You know, you'd build to something and then you'd crash and you'd just sit in this valley with all this kind of fluff. And then eventually you'd begin to start working back up to the next thing. Um, I The reason I stuck with the series was they're long books. They're like 600 plus page books. But the end of every book was worth the read. Like it was worth kind of plowing through it because the ending, like the last 150 pages was like, all of the action scrunched together and it was really, really good. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I mean, the, the last part of the books are the kind of the best parts. Um, it's always where the most action happens. Um, but the, saying that there are better series out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's, our, what's next on our, our fantasy series list? So next one is one we've already kind of mentioned, and it's from um, Blood and Ash. And I will say that this one, this series is, in my opinion, a million times better than A Court of Thorns and Roses. I absolutely adore this series. Like, just from the very beginning, I connected with Poppy um, and Hawk and, you know, Victor, her guard, and it's just, and then, this, like, I read book one and book two, like, back to back. Like, I finished book one, and I I couldn't wait to read book two. And then yeah. I finished book two about three weeks before book three was released, and it's like, I, I felt <laughs> like I cried myself to sleep every night for three weeks, because it's like, I could not wait to get um, book three, because it was just so good. And as soon as I, like, I pre-ordered it, as soon as I got it, I, like, stopped reading whatever else I was reading, and <laughs> And I just, I binged it and it's just like, it doesn't disappoint. It's just like, you're continually on this, this high. There's not that fluff narration to fill it. So even though they're longer, they're long books as well. Like it was just continual on your toes. Yeah. I mean, this is actually the, um, one of the ones I read this month. Oh, was September last month. Mm -hmm. Um, I read the first one in the series and I completely agree with you. This writing is just, it's stunning and um, the characters again I feel like oh this book just had me 
feeling everything and I was so confused about who I wanted to like and who I should like. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, Hawk. I like I feel like it's the Darkling all over again. Like mm-hmm. like with the Darkling I really liked him and then suddenly found out who he was and had was really mixed feelings about who I'm whether I want to go for a bad guy or a good guy. And this one is just the same because it's yeah. so hard. I don't want to give away anything, but it is like so many um intense emotions throughout and as you say the action just doesn't stop it's constant and it just feels like you come to the end and you're like where did the last 300 pages go that was really quick <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then you look at the clock and it's like two, two o'clock in the morning you're like oh that's where it went yeah <laughs> but, me. No, yeah. I, uh, I i really enjoyed that first book and i would definitely be getting to the the, the next two um very soon because it was just brilliant writing Really good um, character development and, and really good kind of scene setting as well. Yeah. What else? What else is on our list? Oh, the next one is Cruel Prince um, by Holly Black. Oh, uh, this is so another good. one that actually I've read the first two this month. I read um, The Cruel Prince and The Wicked King. And yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, from what I've read so far, I've really enjoyed it. Um, it I really liked the whole Faye law, the law mm-hmm. of Faye's. So it's really interesting to get this kind of different, um, different <laughs> perspective on the Fae, on the Fey world and the whole Fey and human um, humans living in the Fey world kind of thing. So I really enjoyed this book. Um, again, it's another one where you just don't know who you want to like, male wise. Yeah, it's another one where you're like, I hate him. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, just yeah and I feel like it's going to be like that on the third one as well the queen of nothing mm-hmm. um which I've got I've got left to read um but what were your your thoughts on the book so I finished the series I've read all three books or I guess so the trilogy of it I really really did enjoy it uh I I loved book one I loved book two book three I enjoyed I kind of got a little like huh by like at the end like there was some weird things that happened in it that I you don't really necessarily see coming and you're just like interesting um but I I I did enjoy it I I like you said the the mix of the fey world and the human world is is always intriguing to me and what I liked is the fact that you saw them travel you saw them travel between the worlds throughout the series and um you know, in the fact that there there is magic in the Fey world, and you know, going to the human world doesn't contradict the magic that is associated with being a Fey. Um, and you know, and just you know, you can't. It it kind of comes down to that idea that you see in so many books is that you can't necessarily hide from your fate, and and you can't change yeah. who you are and what that means. And so you, you definitely see that play out in uh, the Cruel Prince trilogy. And it's, it's, it's really good. And I know that Holly Black has written some other series and other books, like dealing with the Fey world. So, and I haven't read any of those yet. So, um, so that, you know, I've added those to my to be read list because I really do enjoy how she structured yeah. the series and how she developed, you know, the setting and, you know, especially the <clears throat> the um, the water world and like the the mer people um, 
and that experience. Oh, the mad people were just terrifying. I know. So I've that, never seen mad people t- like portrayed so scarily. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, that maybe that should have been one of our October spooky reads. But I know. I just want to avoid the sea. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Like what's living in it? But it, but it, and it's just like knowing that you have to like cross over that as you're crossing from the from the yeah. human world to the fey world and what's living under that dark sea. It's just like I really enjoyed the world she created in that, and it makes me want to read her other books to see how she creates other worlds. Definitely. I mean, it what you ha- it had some really dark moments in it, mm-hmm. which really kind of <clears throat> got the heart pumping, uh-huh. but, um, and really got you on the edge of your seat. So no, that's that was a brilliant book. Um, what's our last fantasy series? So the last one that we have on our list, and I think it's one you added because I haven't read any of the books in the series <laughs> yet, but it's the Mortal Instruments series. So, and I know that the book, book one I have, and like all the other books I've talked about, is on my to-be-read list. <laughs> um, but it's uh, Cassandra Clare's Mortal Instruments series, and City of Bones is book one. And I want to say that I've, I know it's a movie, and I want to say I've seen parts of the movie. Um, but what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so um, as I say, it is a movie and it's also a TV series. Um, mm. The movie's better. I said the movie is a lot better. Um, but is I really enjoyed the series. I've read all of the the first part of Mortal Instruments. So with Cassandra Clare's books, um, she has a lot of different series. Same with like Grisha Verse. So she's got a lot of different series within the same world that you have to read in a certain order. So I've read all, um, so far all of the the city and um, all the Mortal Instruments books, which I think was six in total. Yeah, six. Um, I thought they were really good. It was all about um, these shadow hunters who who hunt down um, basically dark forces. So this could be vampires, this could be werewolves, this could be fae. So it's really nice to they combine all the different supernatural elements um, into this world, um, as well as talking about the shadow hunter world. Hmm. Um, alongside just the normal world as well. So it's really <clears throat> interesting. It's your typical kind of um, girl who doesn't know she's special until events happen, um, like we've seen before in a lot of supernatural books. Um, but it, it's fascinating. The world creation especially, I really enjoyed the way that the the setting was described, really kind of gave you these amazing, fantastical worlds, um, especially the Shadowhunter world. It really brought it to life. Um, but yeah, would definitely, definitely recommend that. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll eventually get to it. Um, so let's move <laughs> on to, um, some sci-fi books. So, um, so there's, there's, again, we identified kind of four seemingly popular books, at least popular for us. Um, <laughs> but one is Ready Player One. Um, and that came out a while ago. It was recently turned into a movie, which I will say was really good. The only thing that I was oh, bummed about is how much they had to cut out uh, from the book to the movie. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we had, uh, I believe at the end of last year, 2020, um, Ready Player Two came out. And yeah. uh, what a what a great you know, spin on technology and virtual reality gaming. Um, But, you know, and again, it's like, you know, it's kind of like a puzzle and I love the puzzle books, kind of like the inheritance (laughs) games. This is definitely another puzzle. There's lots of clues and they have to figure it out and it's a race and a contest. And, um, but I think my 
favorite, favorite part. And Liz, I'm a little older than you. Um, but my absolute favorite aspect of Ready Player One was the 80s. They, all of the 80s references and the, the art, like the little, you know, Atari games that they played and the music that was played. And it, like for me, it was just, it was like reminiscing of my very young childhood. No, I, I loved it because I'm a big gamer. So the whole concept, uh, first of all, I really, I want to live in the Oasis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds just amazing. Um, but no, I actually, that, that book and that film actually um, encouraged me to watch quite a few of the 80s films I hadn't seen, uh, like uh, the, the 13 Candles. Mm-hmm. 11 Candles? Yeah, 13 uh, Candles. Mm-hmm. I saw that. And then I've watched The Breakfast Club, which oh, I hadn't seen before. God, the classic. If you haven't really watched The Breakfast Club, <laughs> you are missing out. But yeah, they made, it made me watch all these films, which is pretty cool. Um, no, I, I love all the like 80s setting. It's, it's always such a great setting um, for the 80s. And yeah, I mean, in a way, I was sad about the, um, how much they changed in the film mm-hmm. uh, compared to the book. However, at the same time, I love the fact that the Stephen King references that weren't in the book. They changed it to Stephen King. That was just superbly done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it made more sense for the mainstream audience because some of the references in the first book wouldn't necessarily, and not everyone would have got, gotten, but I mean, the world knows Stephen King. So exactly. That was just, yeah, that was brilliantly done. I love that. Ready to. You know, I was just say, especially when you think about like the the generation of kids and people who would want to go see the movie Ready Player One, who probably never even knew it was a book, are part of a generation that didn't that weren't alive in the eighties. Um, yeah. And you know, some of them weren't even alive until maybe the late nineties, and so they. They had to do something, and, and like you said, I think they did just a phenomenal job of, of making it accessible, making the 80s accessible to yeah, um, a mainstream crowd that didn't experience it um, one-on-one. Now, uh, Ready Player 2, I don't think was as good as Ready Player 1. Yeah, I still enjoyed it, but... It was, it was good, but it just didn't quite have the same, the same effect. I think the world kind of went downhill a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't the writing just wasn't as as solid as the first one. But no, as you say, I did still enjoy it a lot, mm-hmm. um, but just not as much as the first one. And I think this is a, a good example of a book that was initially written to be a standalone that mm-hmm. was so popular and then had such great reception from the movie that a sequel was made. When a sequel wasn't yeah. n- wasn't maybe necessarily planned from the beginning, and I think yeah. that might be why it, it didn't live up to the hype of the first one. Um, all right, well, that, if they do, if they change it into a film as well, I would be very happy with that. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I would go watch Ready Player Two, and I would totally go see it. I'd spend my fifteen dollars or however yeah. much it costs now to go see it. <laughs> but you know what's interesting about this concept of virtual reality, and I think as our technology and our society continues to grow and develop, we'll see more books that are taking into account our, our current society. Just like I think in the next, you know, two years, we're probably going to see a lot more books coming out that deal with concepts dealing with like pandemics and things like that, because we, we write about what we know and we write about what's going on and, you know, how can you not, you know, how can you ignore what's been going on for almost the last two years now with the pandemic and how it's changed our world? Like it's, it's, you were just going to see it a lot more. But the same thing with the technology and virtual reality. Like there, there are other series, um, more some more like um, 
more young adult series, but the other world series is very much just like this. It's again, another mm. virtual reality world where the teenagers though are going into it and they're doing the same thing as about, they have to figure mm. out what's going on and solve it. And it's a three book yeah. series, tr- like trilogy as well. And, um, and it, it's, it's really good as, you know, it's just, it's a little, it's just a little different, um, but it's the same concept of that virtual reality. Um, what's next on our sci-fi list? <clears throat> so next one is, is one of your ones. Um, I haven't read any of these, although they are um, one of the ones on my TBR, um, just because they sound really fascinating. I've heard a lot about them. And um, that is the Illuminae files. Are they Illuminae files? Yeah. Illuminae files, yep. rather. <laughs> yep. So, oh, yeah, tell, tell us about it. This series is probably one of my favorite sci-fi series, and it's it's a tri- it's a trilogy. Most of these series we call series, but a lot of them are just <laughs> trilogies. Um, <clears throat> but it's and I actually did an audio book before I ever saw the physical copy of the book, and the audio is probably the best audio book I've ever read. It has a full cast, so it has like multiple people. Um, it has sound effects. It has music. Like it, it's like watching a movie without the screen and it was just so good. But then you put a really innovative, creative plot on it and mm-hmm. <clears throat> where, and the, the, the books like book one has specific characters. Book two has different characters, um, in a different, okay. a different place. But there, it's all connected. It's it's still all part of the same thing that's happening. It's just you have these two groups of people in these two different places experiencing different things that are all related. And then book three brings everyone together to wrap it up. So it's really cool. But what's different is how it's presented. The narration is not your typical chapter, paragraphs, dialogue. It is literally like it sounds, it's Illuminate Files. So in essence, the whole series is about going back and creating documents, creating files because they're trying to prove something. So in order to prove something, you have to have all your evidence. So they're putting together like files. So you'll see like, um, like when I actually looked at the, the book, it's a pretty thick book. Um, but it's because it's like written, like some of it is like instant messaging. Like when, you know, when you're messaging okay. someone, um, like or, or an email or, um, like the script of, you know, like the transcript of a speech or even mm-hmm. like a video. And it's like the person is, kind of transcribing what's happening in the video to yeah. to go along with it. So it's and like it's file documents, it's like personnel documents, it's like actions that they're taking. And so it's it's just it's so different and it it's just how it goes through and you have this, you know, this AI that becomes like it's like it manifests into like a real feeling kind of entity which you know, it's kind of against what AI is. And so you have this crazy Aiden AI character in there as well that kind of carries throughout. But it's just, it's really, really unique. And, you know, it starts, you know, on a planet that gets attacked and then they're traveling through space. That's, you know, trying to escape. That's book one. Book two is taking place on the space station that the spaceship is trying to get to. And you see what's happening there. 
And then at the end, the third book is really the culmination of why they're trying to get these files put together and the outcome of the files. Okay. That sounds really fascinating. Yeah. Definitely. I would definitely, I will, that is on my TBR already. So yeah, I will definitely get around to reading it. <laughs> Along with it. <laughs> so, um, so next up is an, is one that we've actually both not read. So it's going to be quite a short one. <laughs> um, and we've already discussed it. Uh, obviously it's about to be made. Well, it's about to come out in, um, as a film adaptation. And that is Dune. Dune? Dune? I never know how to pronounce it. I think it's Dune. Um, by Frank Herbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a trilogy again, I believe. I, um, you know, I don't even know that. that. <laughs> um, I'm looking it up as we speak. So I will be able to tell you. I think, oh, no, I think it might actually be like eight books. Yeah, it looks like it's eight books. Oh, wow. Um, so neither of us have read any of these books at the moment. But, but um, we know they're very popular. Really we see them <laughs> we around know. a lot, yeah. and they are popular. So we had to throw it in there, even though we don't have a lot to talk <laughs> about. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it it does do really well, and it's been going since, I think, yeah, it came out in 1984. So it's been going for over 30 years. Um so, well, over 40 years now, nearly 40 years. Um, so it is a, a big book, um, big book series. But, yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to really talk no. about with that one. No, it's just a popular <laughs> one that we know is popular. But the exactly. next one is Scythe, and that's a trilogy. Mm-hmm. I finished the trilogy. You've read book one. So what were your thoughts yeah. on book one of the Scythe trilogy? Oh, I thought that was amazing. The Again, the whole concept was the thing um with this book that really drew me in the whole concept of the cloud suddenly turning into this um this massive machine that knows everything that's basically become self-aware and has taken over the world but not for bad necessarily he hasn't done a whole terminator thing and uh, uh, exterminated everyone um it's actually improved the world and rid death and rid illness i thought that was really fascinating and I think scarily enough, it kind of feels like that could actually happen one day because mm-hmm. the cloud carries so much data about everything and anything. I mean, who knows? I know. But yeah, I love the concept of this one. And I, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to the next two books in the series. Um, what were your thoughts on it? I, I agree. I love the series. It, it's, it took some interesting turns that you're not expecting as you move through book two and book mm-hmm. three. And, you know, it really does show that, you know, the Thunderhead, which is the cloud in this book, really has thought, which is kind of interesting because it's an AI, but has thought things through and has made some concessions and has made some, you know, um, worst case scenario plans in case it needs to hit some worst case scenario plans based on the things that are happening. And because, you know, we know people, people have, you know, free will and can do things and can make choices and do unexpected actions that have unexpected reactions to them. So you can just never predict, predict what human humans are going to do when a human, where human nature is going to take people. So inside of the Thunderhead, it's, it's really, interesting on how it approaches handling some of those um, human tendencies that are unpredictable and uncontrollable. Um, but in the end, like you said, it's it's something that's definitely still far-fetched, but not so fetched, far-fetched that you couldn't potentially see something happening in the future. Like when you're talking about the cloud, like where we live, 
we're about to start construction in our in our area on two huge Microsoft plants. One is going oh, to wow. be yeah, an actual Microsoft like building warehouse kind of thing, but the other one is going to be purely a cloud. Like it's a cloud facility where they'll keep all wow. of the all the machines and so there was like inf- like we got information about how like this building is going to be built because in in my mind I view it almost as like a nuclear power plant which we have on the other side of town <laughs> yeah we're surrounded by things and so like with the nuclear power plant like every now and then you can see the steam coming off of it uh, as they're cooling the the reactors um because it would be really bad for us in my neighborhood if they did not do that um but it's almost in essence the same thing that we've learned about with the cloud the microsoft cloud data facility that they're going to build is that they have to they have to cool the technology um because the machines get so hot and so there there's concern about we live in the desert, so we don't have a lot of water, but that's how they're planning on cooling these things is with water. So there was a lot of debate in the community as far as like water shortages and how they're getting this water. So it's kind of like we're getting our own thunderhead down the road from us. So <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah, it's but it's a, such um, a good, good creative series. Yeah, brilliant concept. Um, so the next series we're going to is Romance. Um this will be a pretty pretty quick section here (laughs) yeah this is a pretty fast one um holly put this one on here and (laughs) it's 50 shades of gray i mean come on quickly you you have like if you're going to talk about a romance series you have to put it on there you do have to mention it i read the first one and it was just terrible the writing was just awful and it was i mean it wasn't even that like sexually charged it was vanilla yeah. They made it well, they even talk about it being vanilla intense. in the book. <laughs> and it was meant to be intense, like this real kind of, uh, kind of hardcore, almost hardcore porn. Um, mm-hmm. Vanilla. Yeah. Vanilla. It was just, yeah, no. And the films were, were just as bad, if not worse. I agree. Because every time they got to a, a steamy scene, they'd cut off. Yeah. You didn't even get to see any steamy scene. And watching Jamie Dornan would have been amazing. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't they just skipped off as soon as it starts getting steamy which is just just terrible yeah yeah no, and and i believe you you actually tortured you know, yourself through all three didn't you i did torture <laughs> myself through all three of them and the funny thing is is my husband bought me the books and i don't even i don't even have them anymore i don't i must have donated them um that's and usually I keep books, so I should tell you something. But he bought them for me when I was home on maternity leave with my daughter. <laughs> so I'll put that out into the world because um, I, I I thought it was really funny. And because he knows I like to read, but he actually asked people at work what would be a good book for him to buy me for me to read while I was at home with my daughter. Um, while I was I mean, on, it does, it is meant to be popular with the lonely housewives. <laughs> I guess so. And I guess maybe the, his coworker was like, well, she just had a baby, so maybe she can read about it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but it was like, so he brought it home for me. He had no idea what it was about and you know, oh poor guy, he just had no clue. And, um, so he brought it home. I'm like, Oh, uh, okay, thanks. Um, but I, I ended up reading all three of them. I agree. They, 
um, were not the best. And, and I don't know if that's just, I haven't really read a really good romance series because our next mm. one on the list is After by Ann Todd. And I know that there's a lot of people that really like this series. Um, and I don't think, Liz, that you've read this one. Um, I'm not, I haven't read it. I've, I've read book one and book two. And it's about a college girl who's in college and, you know, meets this, this boy and whatever. And <clears throat> I guess that's typically what happens in a romance book is somebody meets somebody else and stuff happens. But I just – it was another book where I couldn't connect to the, the characters. I, I thought that the girl in the book was just – she's so naive and so immature and she just – she irritated me and just like – You know, it's almost like another unhealthy relationship. Like, it was just, like, why? Why do you keep kind of going (laughs) back to him? Why do you keep, you know? And it'd be different if they were, like, actually trying to solve the problem and work through the problem (laughs) and better themselves so that their relationship can become healthy. But (laughs) nothing changes. Um, Nope. So. What about Bridgerton? I haven't ever read or seen anything with Bridgerton. I have read the first one. Um, so Bridgerton is by an author called Julia Quinn. Um, I believe the first one, yeah, the first one's called The Duke and I. Um, I, wa- I read it after watching the first season, which first season is on Netflix, so I would recommend it. It's really interesting because it's a, it's kind of like a, a modern take on a, a period drama. So obviously we've had the Jane Austens, we've had the, the Charlotte Brontes of the world, um, give us all these really good period dramas um or period drama novels which got adapted into books and films and tv shows um and then of course julia comes along and writes a a brand new period drama obviously set back in those days but written now so it was interesting i mean look it was no it was nowhere near the kind of the classics um Mm -hmm. level of superiority when it comes to writing and such um, this is set between 1830 and 1827, the book series. But at the same time, it, I found it was really good. It was it was a good writing style. Um, again, the main character in Bridgerton TV series is pretty good looking. <laughs> so it always helps. It does. I mean, in a, it's got to help. Like in a TV series, then especially when it comes to romance, mm-hmm. you just can't enjoy it if they're not good looking. I, I 100% agree with but you. Otherwise, you can't relate to them and you can't like – enjoy it properly so yeah no, it did help that he was rather good looking um but yeah no I mean it was it was good it wasn't I wouldn't say it was amazing but no I still I enjoyed it I might get round to kind of reading the rest of the series mm-hmm. if I feel like a, a romance novel um but at the same time if I wanted to play a drama I'd go to the classics yeah just because the right the writing and them is so much more superior well, our last book in this um, section for romance, I, I've only read one in the series, and it, it's been forever ago. Um, but I know it's one of your absolute favorites. So the Shopaholic yeah. series. Yeah, so this is by Sophie Kinsella. Um, I This is one of my favorite authors, and I got to meet her quite a few years ago now um, at a book signing. Um, she's done, I believe it's five or six in the series now um, about the Shopaholic. It's kind of obvious what it's about. It's about someone <laughs> who um, spends too much money in shops, which I'm sure we can all relate to. Um, hers is n- 
generally on clothes and books and uh, not books, clothes and bags and scarves and things. And it's all about her life and kind of what happens during her life. It's it's just a nice little fun, cozy kind of contemporary romance novel um, series. And they even got, they had a Christmas one as well, which was quite cool um, a few years ago. So, and also this was, um, the first book was adapted into a film with yeah. Isla Fisher, which was really good. Um, that was good fun. But yeah, no, so that, that is the Chopolic series. I do recommend it if you want just a nice little kind of easy, fun, cozy contemporary romance. Um, it's nice and nice in the winter when you just want to kind of read something easy rather on a nice cold winter night. Yeah. Those are the best kind of like books to read those little, you know, I like yeah. to call them Hallmark movie books because <laughs> I love Hallmark channel Christmas yeah. movies and I love them in book form too. So that's kind of how I view the shopaholic series. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, our last major section here while, while we wrap up our talk about series there are probably series that we haven't mentioned yet that if you're listening, you're like, why haven't you talked about these series yet? <laughs> like, I don't care about any of these ones you've talked about. I want to talk about these other ones. So we kind of saved them for the end because they are, you know, again, Liz and I's opinion of some of the more popular, um, for good or for bad, series that have kind of in some ways shaped our culture, our literary culture yeah. over over the last couple decades um so on our list is and i'm just going to read them and then we'll just kind of talk about them um but obviously one we've mentioned a couple times already you cannot think about series and our literary world without talking about harry potter by jk rowling i'm sorry Mm -hmm. like i know there's controversy around her but this will probably forever be powerful powerful series and then of yeah. course we have hunger games by suzanne collins again it's just so good <laughs> um and then our third one is of course the grisha verse so you have six of crows and shadow of uh, shadow and bone and then fourth the fourth one we threw in there kind of at the last moment but we we <laughs> figured it needed to be mentioned again i said for good or for bad is the twilight series <laughs> Um, so, so Liz, just what are your thoughts about these series? Yeah, well, Grishaverse is probably my, I'd probably say it's my most favorite fantasy series. Obviously, Harry Potter is, I suppose Harry Potter is fantasy as well, but I would say it's very closely tied, Grishaverse and Harry Potter, because mm-hmm. Grishaverse was just, I've read them all in the last 18 months and I just fell in love with all the characters and with the world. There was, there's been nothing out in the last 10, 15 years that has beaten Grisha Verse, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, all the characters were just so well written. And as we were saying before, Lee Bardic Bardigo is just a genius. As she goes through each book, you can just feel and you can just read that her writing is maturing and she's really getting into this world. Um, and I believe we have still, well, I haven't read the very last one and nor has Sally. No, I have um, not. <laughs> because I just, oh, it, it's hard because it, it's the last book we've got right now of that mm-hmm. Grisha verse. So it's just hard knowing that once you've read that, we haven't got any Grisha verse for a while. Yeah. I think that's why I haven't read it yet. I just, I can't cope with it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> all over again. Um, but we do have another one. We have another one for Six of Crows, don't we? I believe mm-hmm. we have another one coming. 
Yep. Which is very exciting. Um, Harry Potter, obviously, as you said, it's a classic. Mm-hmm. It's one that we grew up reading. I remember going down to the bookshop um, on the day it was released, picking it up, going straight home and just laying on the couch and reading it nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a massive part of all our childhoods. And we grew up with, with Hagrid and Hermione and all the other characters. Um, so it's always going to be such a special series to, to all of us. And you think about the pa- the impact that Harry Potter had on how many hundreds, thousands of kids did that series turn into lifelong readers? Like, yeah, it, it, you know, and, and it's it's sad because like, you know, this today or the day we're recording Sunday um, wraps up the um, band book week. So, you know, every year there are, you know, the Library Association releases their list of the most challenged and banned books. And for so long, Harry Potter books have been on that list of being banned and challenged because of witchcraft, because of, of those different type of ideologies. Yeah. You know, and everybody is entitled to their own opinion, obviously. But for me, I'm like, if you don't want to read it, don't read it. Don't try to prevent yeah. other people from reading it. That really bothers me. And it's fiction. Think- it's not meant to be real. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was one of the series that um, the Vatican tried to have banned yeah, because of the, the witchcraft references, which is just crazy. It's like, it's a book. It's, it's fiction. fiction. It's not even trying to say that it even has any elements of reality in it. It's, it is 100% exactly. solely fiction. And if you can't have conversations with your children, um, about your beliefs and and what you what you want to instill in them because you're afraid of a of a book i think there's other things there you know as far as being able to you know to work through but yeah definitely um i mean hunger games another great series um i've actually read the the prequel to it that came out a few years ago now Mm -hmm. um the um, Tale of Songbirds and Snakes. The ballad, the ballad, the ballad of, yeah. Some, yeah, Snakes, Songbirds and Snakes, or mm-hmm. Snakes and Songbirds. Yeah. Um, that was really good. I love the little nod to kind of the main series of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I do hope that they, they bring that to, to the, um, to a film as well, to mm-hmm. adapt it into a film. Yeah. Um, but that was another one where kind of, it was very much, we grew up to some extent with mm-hmm. it. It was kind of more late teenage years, but it was still, one of these ones where you couldn't wait for the next book to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, yeah. Um, and, how was that? What do you, do you think of the Hunger Games? You know, I love it. It's, you know, um, and I love the movies. I love the movie adaptations yeah. of it. Um, I will say Catching Fire, which is book two, is my favorite of them. Uh-huh. And it's also like, I don't mm-hmm. like necessarily to work in quiet um, unless I'm reading or writing. But if I'm just doing stuff, I like to have noise, uh, which like I'll watch audiobooks or I'll turn on a movie. But <laughs> Catching Fire, yeah. it, it, it's kind of my go-to movie to put on as background noise. And I just, right. you know, I, I, I almost think because The Hunger Games is only a trilogy. Um, I mean, yeah, we had the the prequel that came out that kind of gave us some some really interesting insight and, into President Snow. But mm. the bulk of the series when it came out was only three books. And you look at that and you compare it to Harry Potter, which is the seven books in its initial series. And 
Harry Potter obviously had a bigger impact on the literary world than the Hunger Games did. However, I would almost say that if the Hunger Games had been an equally long series of Harry, as Harry Potter was, that it could potentially have created the same resonating impact on the literary world as Harry Potter did. Um, because Hunger Games was very popular when I started teaching high school. And high school age kids, especially in our society now, when they're just, you know, they're inundated with social media, playing games on their phone, you know, and then all of, of course, all the other teenage issues that we've had for millennials, millenniums, um, they they don't tend to be readers and if they do they yeah. you know they tend to you know try to read stuff on their phones but the hunger games was a book that we actually were able to break through some of those technology barriers with our students um when we you know all right guys you have to read a book you know let's do a book report you know like we used to do back in the 1980s and you know and they moan and they groan but yeah. we had so many kids connect to the Hunger Games. And yeah. um, so I, I I really would be one to, to say if it had been a longer series, yeah. we might have seen the same power um, as far as the impact as Harry Potter did. But I loved it. Yeah, and, no, we did have some really strong characters in it. And, I mean, if they hadn't killed off certain characters as well. Ugh. Because, oh. Yeah, I'm still, I mean, I'm still we, bitter we about that. We can talk about these books, can't we? I think we can because, because like, yeah, everyone's read it. Oh my god, when when he died, yeah. when the the designer died, Senna, Senna, yeah, oh, I love Senna. Yeah, he and just and amazing, like, and how it happened, and just like, oh. like yeah, it, it yeah, was, it was it crazy. No, we've actually I actually watched all of the Hunger Games films um the other day. We went through it all again. We we're doing like a little fantasy series um film week as such. So, oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Oh. I, yeah, it reminds me how good Hunger Games but, um, films were. Yeah, so good. So good. Um, and then Twilight, I don't think we need to talk much about. Um, <laughs> I did read all the Twilight books. Um, I mean, who didn't? Exactly. <laughs> like, I feel like you have to. You have to torture yourself through them. Um, obviously, Bella drove me nuts. Um, couldn't stand her character. Edward also drove me nuts, which makes me think that maybe they are perfect for each other. Um, you know, I liked I liked the peripheral characters. I liked Jessica. I liked um, Jacob, and like I liked the werewolf side of things. But it's yeah. just it. I don't know. It wasn't like again the, the writing wasn't the best for me. Uh, and then I just, the characters, yeah, that was probably, I know it's a very, very popular series, but for me, it was not a very popular series. Yeah, I mean, I read it when I was, I think about 15, 16. Um, I think I enjoyed the first book just because it was aimed at kind of that age group. Um, but as it went on, it just, there are better vampire novels out there. There are better supernatural novels out there. Um, and yeah, I agree with you about, about Bella and, um, Edward. The characters, Kristen Stewart kind of played it really well because she played it very wooden. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> there was no personality there. And I didn't like um, her either. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's not correct. Um, but no, I really liked, uh, like Carlisle. I liked, mm-hmm. um, Jasper. So I liked kind of that, the other side characters. Yeah. And um, I thought they were really good. And 
again, they there was written really impressive cast in the in Twilight films. You obviously had um Billy Burke as Charlie Swan, yeah. you had obviously Robert Pattinson, um you had Martin Sheen um as part of the as part of the cult. So you had some big names in there. Um You had Dakota but, yeah, Fanning. I mean, and Dakota Fanning, yes, yeah, in which he ruined her for doing it. But, yeah, but you know <laughs> Um but yeah, I mean it there yeah, there were better series films out at the time, so Yeah. It's yeah, yeah it's just yeah. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, um so the next section just a, a short little bit before we wrap up with our either or um, lightning rounds. We we asked the books Bookstagram community what their favourite book series were. Um, and some of the response, we had an astounding response from uh-huh. that post. Um, it was absolutely amazing how many responses we got. So thank you guys so much for, for telling us what your favourite book series were. Um, we picked our top five just to kind of give you a nice little idea of what people, different people said. Um, so Holly, do you want to start us off with the first one? Yeah. So we're just going to kind of read through them because there's, there's so many series out there and we couldn't talk about them all. Um, but Lindsay, who it can be found at Fiery Mermaids Books, said that some of her favorites were Caraval, which is a great series, and the Lunar series, which is definitely on my to be read list. Um, and Kim, who is, um, at Books to Kim, said that the Outlander series, um, was one of her favorites. Um, and mesmerized as well. All right. Then we have Nina, who can be found at Nina the Bookworm, said truly devious. Uh, and I've actually seen that one kind of floating around. It's like a, a young adult murder mystery uh, series, I believe. Um, and then we've got Hasina, who can be found at Bookish Hasina. Um, another classic, which we would have got to uh, if this had been a massive, massive episode. It's already um, a massive episode. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> a gigantic episode. Um, it was The Tales of Narnia. <sighs> obviously, another classic book series. Classic, classic. And then the last one we picked is Margarita, who can be found at Books and Margaritas, which is culture. Mm. Yep. Yay, Margarita. Um, which is culture <laughs> by Ian Banks, which is, I believe, a sci-fi based um uh, series dealing with AIs and humans. So, so thank you again, like Liz said, to all of our Bookstagram friends who responded to that post and got a little shout out in here. Um, so again, tons and tons of series out there. So we are going to wrap this up. Liz, are you ready for our either or challenge? Let's do this. Okay. So again, either or, two options, no discussion, and it's a quick uh, quick lightning round. We have 10 questions. All right. Here we go. Question number one. Harry Potter or the Hunger Games? Harry Potter. Absolutely Harry Potter. All right. The next <laughs> one's tough. Number two. Shadow and Bone or Six of Crows? It'll be Six of Crows. I would say the same thing. Six of Crows. All right. <laughs> number three. Would you prefer a duology or a trilogy? Trilogy. The longer the better. Yeah. Trilogy. (laughs) Again, it's longer. Um, Number four, would you prefer a series that has a, like a final book or a series like, you know, there's like a set, like, like it's released and we know it's going to be a trilogy or we know it's like Harry Potter that's going to have seven books. Or would you like a series that you don't see an end point? It just kind of seems like there's going to be books in the series that go on forever. 
I did keep the series with the final book. You know, I would too. I mean, I want a series, but I, I agree. All right. <laughs> number five, From Blood and Ash or A Court of Thorns and Roses? Oh, from blood and ash, it's gotta be. Yep, from blood and ash, I agree. So far, Liz, we're like five for five. <laughs> um, yeah. alright. Six, a cliffhanger ending or everything tied up? This is like referring to like a mid-series book. It's gotta be cliffhanger ending. Keeping suspense. Uh huh, cliffhanger ending. I agree. Um, alright, number seven, do you prefer, prefer the from blood and ash universe or the Grishaverse? I don't know why I picked this question. Uh, yeah, you wrote this one. See, I might actually... Uh, I'm going to go Blood and Ash universe. Uh, <laughs> just to be different. Um, number eight, would you prefer a TV series adaptation or a film adaptation? TV series. I think I'd go film. I'm, I'm still not even through with Shadow and Bone series yet. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I'm horrible. All right, number nine, do you prefer fantasy or sci-fi series? Fantasy, 100%. 100% fantasy. I enjoy, enjoy sci-fi, but fantasy, 100. And then, just for kicks and giggles on this one, um, would you do you prefer Twilight or The Vampire Diaries? Uh, as we're saying, I have read the, the Vampire Diaries books, but from TV series, Vampire Diaries. You know, and I'm the same. I haven't read the books, but I've seen the show. And <laughs> since it's not Twilight, I would pick Vampire Diaries as well. Yeah. Oh, oh. Well, Liz, this was actually a, a really long episode, but so fun. We talked about so it much. Um, all right. So, Liz, how can people find you online? Okay. So, um, you can find me on Instagram at Lizzie's Little Book Nook. Um, and you can also find my website, which is Lizzie's Little Book Nook, Lizzie's Little Book Nook dot uk, um, and that's Lizzie's with an I E rather than a Y. Yeah, try to say um, that ten times email. fast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can be found on Instagram at uh, AZ Desert Bookworm, and then my blog is the Bookshelf at Substack dot com, and um, obviously we are on our podcast speaking literally is on both uh instagram and facebook at speaking literally podcast so check us out there as well and we will be back at the end of the month for a special halloween episode where we're going to talk about all things horror thriller spooky and we are yeah and we're planning i believe on bringing in a special guest a uh, special bookstagram friend who loves books and spooky books to be specific to kind of help us out in our analysis and until then book world take care read lots of books and we'll talk to you soon 